Hey everybody, and welcome back to We Live for Saturdays, the the week eight edition. Uh, we're flying through the season here, joined by Maku and Chris as always. How you doing today, boys? Fantastic, Sammy. Good to hear your voice, pal. Doing great myself. Ready to uh, get get into another week here. You sound utterly thrilled <laughs> to be here, Chris. I tell you, I am. Just, you know, it's the grind, man. The grind. Coming home, we have to put out this content for our listeners, albeit a tough day at the office. But, hey, this is why we get paid the big bucks, you know, when the exactly. the chocolate toothpaste um, deal has not come in yet. So we're still we're still grinding. Still still, still just got to show up. You got to you got to get in the door and, and do the job and whatever happens, happens. Yep. Absolutely. And um, it was an exciting week seven of college football. Looking ahead at the slate for week eight, there's never a dull week in college football. But if there was a dull week outside of a couple games, I would say it's week eight. Um, So we'll talk about a couple games on week eight. But um, excited to recap week seven here from the podcast perspective. Our pod pods went one and one. Jimbo, of course, disappointed as always. And then Oregon State played well. We read that one perfectly like a book, along with some other ones like the Iowa Wisconsin game. So was a fun so easy. Was a fun weekend. That game was so easy. And um I know from a personal note, I was at the Duke North Carolina State game on Saturday and going with a state Wolfpack uh, alum like my wife it was not a good experience very ugly game especially when it started raining it made it even worse so that was definitely entertaining but what stood out to uh, you Maku as far as week seven I mean I agree with you on Jimbo letting us down I think his buyout fund has to be approaching the what nine digit mark where we're probably getting pretty close to uh just sending him on his way if you're an A&M fan I would say <laughs> Uh, they've had they had so many chances to just take control of that game and really start playing well, start making some offensive plays and just kept either shooting themselves in the foot or, or stalling out. And, you know, I never like putting all the blame on one person, but when it's Jimbo Fisher, it's pretty easy to do. So I say, uh, yeah, that was that was pretty putrid for, for A&M coming off a tough loss to Bama. Expected them to go in and at least put up a better fight for, for Tennessee. So I'm pretty out on them the rest of the year. Um, other than that, Obviously, awesome Washington-Oregon game. Chris, I know you were a big fan of, uh, of the back and forth there. Oh, yes. That was that lived up to the hype. Um, you know, we call that the game of the year in the Pac-12 last week. Well, it, it kind of turned out to, to be that. You know, I, I was on the Oregon side. I, was it three or three and a half last week? Did we end up pushing? Yeah, you pushed, so it worked out. Okay, good, good. Yeah, so... Yeah, that was an amazing game. Uh, I feel bad for Bo Nix and the the Ducks. They just that field goal miss at the end. They, it could have been an all time classic if it went kept going into if it went into overtime. Um, so yeah, that was a great game. I also like the comment Kirk Herbstreet made at the end of that. He says, you know, you don't get the this atmosphere with the storming of the field and everything anywhere but college football. College football is the best. He was like, well. I call games on Thursdays, you know, the NFL, and I love it. He kind of just had to say that. Um, and, you know, but this is the best. And he was saying what all of us were thinking. Um, 100%. The one thing I did want to talk about, and I know we chatted about it a little bit, is Air Force, 6-0, and um, best start since 2002. I would love for them to be in, you know, the, the group of five that goes to a uh, – 
a New Year's Six Bowl. That would be amazing. I'm loving watching them play. They're a legit um, good team. Um, yeah, they they are legit. Um, they can move the ball. I think they can move the ball against anyone, especially just the the way. On the way uh, with the nature of just military academies in general, but um, they can just break down defenses and it's really fun to watch. Absolutely. I was just going to say the same thing. I thought you were going to go all the way there, Chris, and say that you were expecting Air Force to make the, the final four playoff. And that probably would have been a little bit too rich for my blood, but uh, <laughs> I definitely, I think that are easily going to um, probably carve out their spot in the, uh, the group of five being that team to be, whatever the peach bowl or sugar bowl or wherever they're going to end up this year. Um, I did see they lost their QB last game though. So that's a little bit of a kind of party ruiner for, uh, for the Falcons there coming into the next, I guess, second half of the year, but credit where credit is due for being six and zero this early on. Um, and then one other thing I did want to say kind of outside of that, but did kind of want to toot my own horn here, called it perfectly. Michael Penix is now the overwhelming favor for the Heisman. Um, we saw, obviously, he beat Bo Nix in that huge, great game. And then also combined with Caleb Williams, putting up three interceptions and just not really being the showstopper Heisman front runner that we were uh, really planning to see against Notre Dame. They, they definitely played quite well and, and took care of business at home. So um, we all kind of saw it coming. I believe I did say whoever wins that Oregon-Washington game, and if Caleb Williams loses, outright leader, and I think he's minus 150. Next person's J.J. McCarthy at plus 850, I want to say. Uh, and, hey, credit to them as well. Michigan remains dominant, not really slowing down. Um, very nervous for some future matchups for them, but I think they'll uh, they'll have a pretty easy time this week if we want to get into those games. And I did have one other thought going back to Air Force because, Please. I mean, we've been on them a little bit. I remember taking them against San Jose, I think, a couple weeks ago. So they are number one in havoc allowed. So their offense is not letting anything happen. And obvi- and before you think, you know, my first thought was, well, their triple option, of course, that's not the case, you know, or of course, that's the case. Well, not necessarily. It, Navy is 55th and Army is 90th in Havoc allowed. So that not only um, – so, you know, it's not just the triple option saving them there. They're a legit good team, and um, I'm excited. I like yeah. how when me and Sam prepare for the podcast, we go to all the box scores and check out which upsets happen and where the rankings are. Chris simply just Googles Havoc and sees who's number one in, <laughs> in each that- offense and defense. I mean, to be honest, well, and I don't want to give away my tricks of the trade here, but when I give up, you know, when I, that's like one of the first places I start um, when I look at some, like some of these off the board picks, see if there's any like advantage there. Hashtag value. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. One more thing. Now, speaking of uh, football teams from Colorado, uh, if anybody stayed awake till two thirty <laughs> in the morning, Friday night, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. 29 nothing at halftime for for the primetime show and lost outright in what double overtime to Stanford. Did I you guys was... see the post game um, speech from Dion? Oh, I fell asleep. I shut it off at halftime. I was like, this game's not even close. I bet Stanford plus 21 because I thought, you know, Stanford's brand of football is just bringing teams down to their level, kind of like a West Coast Iowa or Wisconsin or Vanderbilt. There you go, exactly. Unit. And uh, we did get Vandy. We did get Vandy. Yes, but, we uh, did. I did not see Stanford coming all the way back after being dominated in the first half. So credit Dion, to them. And 
Dion's got a lot more problems to worry about, I think. Dion's like, and we're practicing tomorrow. And everybody was just like, oh, he's mad. And I, be- I believe so. Who would have thought after that, I think it was like week three or whenever Colorado played Colorado State um, in that roller coaster of a game, who would have thought? I think at this point, at least from just the nation perspective, um, people who are super into to college football, that win for Colorado State on Saturday night, um, the the Hail Mary at the end to beat Boise. Mm. Um, yeah. I bet the the Colorado State team is feeling pretty good about themselves. They probably should have beaten Colorado. They Definitely. They, um, they they're they're feeling a little bit better and um I have a, a sneak peek there. Uh, I have a pick there at the end for for them who they're playing this week. So Stories all across the nation. Um, the only team I don't think we talked about was UNC, um, just beating down Miami after already beat beating down uh, after that Neil debacle the week before. Um, I think UNC wins the ACC this year. Um, I don't think you. I don't think an ACC team goes to the playoff uh, by any means. Um, I don't think it's possible unless they run the table, but. I think they are the best team. They're getting their groove on offense. They're putting up 50 against anybody. So um, fun team to watch over there. I agree. UNC is great, but I'd say don't give up on Florida State yet. They just got off one of their best defensive performances over Syracuse. Who That is true. Who I think I, I gave a shout out to a couple weeks ago. I thought their offense was clicking. They were putting up like 40 points a game and they uh, got shut down to, I think, only three against FSU. So. They're, uh, it's going to be FSU versus UNC. Clemson's out of the picture. Miami clearly shot themselves in the foot and are out of the picture. So, yep. uh, interesting game with those two coming up this week. That could be uh, telling for the rest of the year for them, but we shall see. Absolutely. Well, great. Um, moving into week eight here, we only have three or four games to, to cover. Like I said, it's kind of a a week slate in terms of huge games. We do have some games that each of us like that we'll call out at the end, but um, obviously the, the game of the weekend, our game of possibly the year, at least the top two game of the year from a Penn state perspective, college game day, noon Fox kickoff Penn state at Ohio state, Ohio state's hosting Penn state four and a half point favorites. And the total is 46 and a half. So they're expecting 25 to 21 range in terms of scoring Penn state coming off a brutally killed uh, UMass game in terms of uh, last week's performance, as well as an Ohio state win as well. Um, McCoo, what do you, what, what's your initial read on? I know our, our, where our focus is here for, for the week eight. I was going to say not only a classic rivalry for, for our squad versus Ohio state, I hate saying rivalry because, Quite frankly, they have dominated us. I think we're like 2 and 10 over the past 12 years. But that's not either here nor there. Um, also a little rivalry. Big 12 noon kickoff versus college game day. Both on campus. That'll be interesting. So fun to keep an eye out for. But obviously going to be pretty much the entire season for both teams. Ohio State's really proven themselves with the Notre Dame close win. But credit to them for, for surviving them. Notre Dame's obviously a great team. Um, and for Penn State... I'm just worried. I think that UMass game could not have come at a worse time. I would have preferred either a bye week or at least like a semi-challenging Purdue kind of game that Ohio State just finished off. Uh, playing UMass was like playing your neighborhood kids in a game of streetball um, and just absolutely utterly dominating them. Once 63 yeah. to nothing, they didn't stop us once, uh, moved the ball at will and 
Drew Aller didn't even really get to show out too much because he was just kind of handing the ball off, score a touchdown, pass five yards, guy runs for a touchdown, punt returns a couple times for touchdowns. It was uh, it's hard to really practice and get ready for a beastly team like Ohio State against UMass. All credit to the Minutemen, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like you're playing the neighborhood kids in a game of pickup if they're 10 years younger than you. Um, it's like yes. that scene from always sunny when they're just throwing them into cars and trash cans. Um, exactly. We did fumble on the first drive just to, you know, they, they did have that going for them. Um, but yeah, that was a bloodbath. That was rough. That, I, that was the rain. Not, not UMass. <laughs> true, true. Exactly. So I moved our win expectancy from 99.9 to 99.8 for the moment. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I, the line has moved in Penn State's direction. It was, you know, originally months ago, it was like 10 and a half. Now, like uh, four and a half. Uh, I mean, I, it, it, if this was at Penn State, you know, whiteout game, I think um, Penn State has this. And obviously the line would be different. Um, it all depends on, I would say, the interior. I, I think this year, obviously, they've got some really good skill receivers um, other teams have been able to minimize that to a certain degree. Um, I hope we can force McCord into some mistakes. Um, but I think this game's going to be won in the trenches. You know, this is the year we've always said that, you know, or this is sort of our, one of our best offensive line. Well, this is the year to prove it. And to, on the flip side, our D line against their offensive line, um, a couple weeks ago, I saw Ohio State play Maryland, and their offensive line struggled. They couldn't get to the next level. Um, we need to make sure that happens as well. So I think if if our linemen come to play, I think we win the game because I think this year our skill guys, for the most part, match up. They have better receivers overall, but I think we have just as good of a team as we've, you know, probably the best matchup you know, comparing us to them in, in some time. So this is the year I would say, um, I mean, I have to take Penn state four and a half here. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm going to probably not bet the spread out of pure emotions, but I do like that over. Yeah. What do you say? Sammy 46 and a half, yep. 47, 46. Yeah. And a half. Uh, this game is easily going to be like a 31, 28 kind of game or at the worst of 28, 24. And that's already getting into the fifties. So okay. I, give, me, uh, give me that too. I, I, I shouldn't be so biased. <laughs> Not biased, since they're just going to easily keep keep pace with the number three team in the country. But and we got this is again our best shot at them. We've known that from the beginning of the season, and it's finally here. Kept up our end of the bargain, six and zero. Uh, going to be a huge showdown. I wish it was under the lights, even though it's at Columbus. I, I wish it was a night game. That'd be all the crazy environment. Mm-hmm. But deal with what we can. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm with y'all. I like the over as well. I think that there's going to be points. Um, Our defense is top five, top one in the country in terms of like turnovers, points per game. But honestly, there's been a couple games where we just shut out bad offenses. Um, We're going to have to prove ourselves on the defensive side. Um, With that in mind, we have not seen the talent as Ohio state this year. So I do think that they're going to at least put up 20. Um, So that, that opens up for, the, t- the over as well, I do feel pretty good about that over. Um, one thing to note on the offensive side, Chris, you, Chris, you made a good point. I know we talked about it earlier this week as far as the interior. That's the really where 
the game is going to be decided against Ohio State and against Michigan. Michigan does have a stronger interior like they always do. But our offensive side, I don't remember a year where our offense has been very, um, I guess, basic through the first six games. Um, I guess what would be the best way to say it in terms of I don't really think we've had distress from an offensive perspective. We've been putting up 35 points pretty easily throughout the year, but that's not, that's not a a knock on the offense by any means. I think just our playbook has been relatively simple. I'm hoping that our playbook will be expanded for these big games, but if Mm -hmm. they're not curious what it's going to look like, I, I do think that we are holding down some, some, Big plays, big strategies that we're not showing um, intentionally, which I'm hoping is is more optimistic. But that's something that I'm just interested in seeing what's happening. We'll be kind of disappointed if it's just the same offense against a better team, but we'll see what happens. I was going to say a lot of hype for Drew Aller, as we've been right, yes, known right. to do, but uh, he's going to really need to have a pretty much game of his career early career so not not a whole lot of pressure on you drew but ohio <laughs> state's gonna hone in on the running backs because they're both pretty great and game breakers when they can get through to the second level so yep. uh they're gonna make drew aller throw for the uh first downs and if he gets enough of them we should be pretty happy at the end of the day if he doesn't well uh, it's been nice knowing you guys <laughs> absolutely so that's the game of the weekend um top 10 matchup so super excited about that one Next big matchup, uh, it's going to be down in SEC, uh, Tennessee at Alabama. Alabama are eight and a half point favorites, anywhere from eight and a half, nine and a half range, um, and then totals 48. So Vegas is expecting a 28 to 19 game. Um, I'm intrigued about this one. I know Bama's been bouncing back um, uh, recent weeks. They they escaped against Arkansas last week. Um, escaped might be a little little aggressive, but um, I definitely definitely struggled a little bit. But they are looking a little bit better compared to when earlier in the year with that Texas loss. But Chris, what's your initial read on what used to be a big, uh, or I guess what usually is a big SEC matchup, but maybe not as not as huge this year. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I, gosh, I don't know here. I want to keep, I want to keep, um, thinking that Alabama is going to be back, but they just keep just sort of going, eh, you know, like I, I really, they were looking good, looking good. And like you said, it's sort of, it, it got scary towards the end of, um, of the Arkansas game and they show flashes all in all. I don't think Milrow can really do it. I don't think he's the answer. Um, oh, you know, and Tennessee, I've kind of, I won't say slighted, but, uh, you know, I keep saying they're not as good. They're not as good as they were last year. And while I believe that they're, they're playing pretty good ball. Um, unfortunately, Milton hasn't quite delivered, um, as much as his potential, but they're looking fine. Um, I would probably lean Tennessee plus eight and a half here. I think it was nine and a half at one point, um, you know, the fact that it's at Alabama is tough, but I really don't have a good feel for this in either way. So I, I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think Bama, and these are, you know, famous last words. I don't think Bama really has what it takes right now to blow a team out. <laughs> I mean, a talented team out. I mean, obviously they'll probably show me up now, but, um, you know, that I just don't, you know, if it's not middle Tennessee, this is Tennessee. I think they're going to keep it somewhat close. I agree with pretty much everything you just said there, Chris. Um, but I just, in the last 
couple minutes just thinking back, like how this rivalry has been over the last few years. And first of all, the number of times that anybody's ever looked at this game and said, both teams are playing fine. is right. very rare for, for I'm sure the entire, what, hundred years of been playing or however long it's been. Um, but yeah, that's just proves the SEC is kind of in a little bit of a, not bad year by any stretch, but a down year for sure. Um, and that's why some other conferences are getting a little bit more shine with, uh, you know, Pac-12 on their farewell swan song and Big Ten obviously holding its own right now. So, but yeah, you're exactly right. Neither team has, you know, shown the domination to be, you know, otherworldly level. I do agree that number's a little bit high, a little bit suspect, but the number one thing sticking in my mind is just about this time last year, Tennessee brought down the goalposts in a crazy yep. celebration, knocking off Bama. Um, I think Nick Saban remembers that. I think everybody on the team remembers that. I think there's no chance they let Tennessee come in and beat them in their own house. So I may, you know, I don't necessarily know about the points. That is kind of a large number. I may, you know, do like an alternate total, get them within a touchdown or put a little bit of teaser action or something, or just a big parlay with uh, Bama money line. But Bama is not going to lose this game. And if they do, I agree. Watch out because people are going to be saying crazy things like they want Nick Saban fired. So, uh, <laughs> again, that is crazy, but people are still going to say it. So that's my take on it. Yeah, I was sort of with you at the beginning as far as not knowing how to read this game. I think it being in Tuscaloosa is a big advantage. Um, they had they had Nealon rocking last year, like you're talking about, Maku. Like that was a huge impacting factor to that game. I will say, um, just looking at some deeper stats from these two teams, um, from a offensive and defensive like points per play type of perspective. They're both very, very competitive, both about the same um, from both sides of the ball. So on that sense, I do expect a pretty close game. But from a stuff rate, it's my new favorite metric, really uh, looking at the strength of the interiors. Defensively, Tennessee has the same stuff rate as Penn State, Michigan, and Georgia from the defensive Mm. side of things. So I do think that there is a lot of strength, and I think this – kind of unique it's usually not this case but Tennessee is actually stronger on the front sevens um, than Alabama and that's usually not the case so I think Tennessee plus eight and a half it's a little bit of a down year maybe they can turn over Milrow a little bit so I like the I like the points give me the points fair enough expect it what do we got next we're matching up on a lot of these two weeks in a row (laughs) Um, last one here is going to be a ACC matchup Clemson at Miami. Both of these teams, honestly, Clemson's closer to the ACC title or, uh, the, the, the running there than Miami is, which is crazy to say, but Clemson, uh, away from home are three and a half point favorites. Total is 48 and a half score is 25 to 22. So Miami coming off two straight losses. Clemson looks to be turning things around a little bit on their end, but um, Maku, what's your what's your read here? I mean, I think it's a very evenly matched game. I think both teams are obviously not quite up to expectations of the year. I think uh, Dabo came out today and said he's happy team or fans are getting off the bandwagon. So great, uh, great coach speak there for him. Uh, too many people are giving up early that he's he's seeing who the true fans and true colors are. I guess. So that's a hell of a spin zone for starting the year, what, four and two or whatever they are, um, five and two maybe. But I was looking at the stats and the, you know, 
scores over the first half of the season, and their defense is still pretty darn good. So um, I think that that game is going to be tight. I think it's going to be – I've got the perfect line, the three and a half. I may have just found my little, you know, tease action or a combo with the, the Bama game we just talked about. Um, I think I'm definitely going Clemson money line. Um, Miami, I think they're just still, you know, reeling and spiraling from that, you know, catastrophic loss a couple weeks ago. And then UNC came in and pretty easily took care of them. That wasn't, I don't believe it was too close of a game from what I remember. So I got Clemson, even though it's uh, at Miami, I don't think that's the craziest home field environment nope. in, uh, in all of college football either. So easy for them to come in and kind of, you know, right the ship and get back on track, like you were saying. I had the same exact thought. Um, I mean, yes, again, again, and this is not really being lazy and, you know, it seems like we're just, just on that groove. You know, I had the same thought. I had the same thought. Um, Clemson money line. I, I, I honestly don't have any statistics about this or anything to back it up, but Miami is kind of reeling. Like you already, I thought the same thing. Their atmosphere stinks. Clemson is improving. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to play them later in the year either. Their talent is still, you know, they're they're going to be the more talented team on the field. Um, they are still trying to play for something, I think. You know, I, I, I like Clemson here. Yeah, just this is a super entertaining podcast. Three guys just agreeing with, <laughs> with everything. But um, that's my read as well. Miami's reeling, and it's not like they have a super – home field advantage they play at the dolphin stadium like it's almost the southern version of Pitt um in terms of a home home field advantage so that's really not in play here um clemson's just um the better team one but in a better in a better form as well um looking at the i was looking at the um the stuff rate for the last game looking at offensive and defensive success rate so ultimately just efficiency frequency that kind of thing these two are the exact same in terms of rate across the board. So that could be leading to some of the close lines here. But um, overall, I, I do think Clemson is the better team specifically on um, defense. They can easily turn over um, Van Dyke and some of the other players on the Miami side. So I do like that little teaser between my um, Clemson and the Alabama game just to sort of hedge it a little bit. Just um, thinking about it there. So I like the Clemson side. Good moves. I think it's going to be rather easy with our pod pod then. I love it. You know what that means, ladies and gentlemen? Hammer Miami. <laughs> Fade. Um, <laughs> before we go into that pod pod or wrap things up, um, did you all have any other games that you wanted to share, talk about anything or, uh, from a pick perspective? I, have... I got a couple quick hitters, but Chris, after you, please. Oh, no, 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 please. All right, you want me to just go rapid fire or you want to go one and one? Uh, I have one, so why don't you go rapid fire? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I don't want to steal yours, so you cover one and then I'll right, cover the rest. Right. How about so that? you're not going to steal mine, I or I'd be very surprised. Jacksonville State plus seven and a half. Um, nope, that was not on my radar. <laughs> Aren't they right. playing tonight? Are they? I believe it's a Tuesday game, my friend. And this they is are Tuesday playing tonight. All right, well, let's get the content out. Um, All right, whatever you say, I'm instantly putting into a bet here. All right, Jacksonville State plus seven and a half against Western Kentucky. Um, Big, big havoc mismatch here um, on both sides, allowing it and creating it. Also, 
Um, I mean, I've been impressed. I think they have looked pretty solid for a team coming up to FBS now. Um, and I was digging into it a little more. They also have solid advantages in the run game, both in running the ball and stopping the run. I always like that, especially in a home game. Um, I don't know. I feel whenever you have significant advantages in the run game, as long as something freaky doesn't happen, um, like a pick six or a punt return, that kind of thing, you can control the game generally. And the pick six and those sack fumbles, that's in havoc. So they have the advantage there as well. So I think plus seven and a half, they're given, they're being given a touchdown. I'm with Jacksonville State. I've just placed the bet for the spread and the money line in the time it took you to go through that little uh, rundown. So I appreciate it. Um, and no, I did not have that at all. So good call. Uh, quick ones for me, uh, Michigan versus Michigan State historically always play each other pretty damn close and always a fun game. Michigan State just does not have it this year. They also don't have a coach. Uh, Michigan continues to dominate, and I think because of the aforementioned close years in recent memory, I think uh, Michigan won last year by about 22-ish or so. Uh, I think the line's 24 this year. I think they're really going to step on them and just you know prove that they're elite this year and take care of business. I've been Ride in Michigan pretty uh, pretty much all year long, and they have yet to disappoint. So, uh, outside of that, uh, Wisconsin versus Illinois. Wisconsin's minus two and a half. Both had very weird games last week. Wisconsin with that obvious loss to Iowa, we all saw. Or if you watch that, your eyes are still bleeding. So good luck with that. Um, but I think they bounced back from that. I think Illinois came is coming off of a big win at Maryland, where I don't think anybody really gave them a shot to win. So a little bit of a come down from them. It's at Illinois, but I trust Wisconsin to get back on track. And then one of my interesting ones, this is very unique, um, Pitt plus two at Wake Forest. So they're both really? playing. I know. I don't like it either. I hate, I hate even <laughs> saying the word. But uh, I got a bet on Pitt here because they just switched quarterbacks to former Penn Stater Christian Veo, I believe is how you pronounce his name Veo. nowadays. I, I noticed <laughs> that on the game, and I was like, what the hell are they saying? Exactly. <laughs> he's, he's starting. He's uh, They moved over. I think they switched their old quarterback to tight end, if, it, if that tells you how good he was being this year. Uh, but they're playing at Wake. Pitt's coming off the big upset versus Louisville. Just, just proving that college football is insane. Oh. Louisville coming off the oh. Louisville, of course. Oh. Come, coming off the Notre Dame upset. Notre Dame goes out, beats Caleb Williams and company, so but I don't see a much of a letdown. Pitt's still getting a couple points. I will happily take those against the Wake team that has not really done much at all to uh, to prove they're they're that good this year. So those are just a couple ones to keep an eye on. Um, oh, and also very one quickly, if you guys want to weigh in on this one, it's probably the final big game of the week and of the stretch. But Utah plus seven at USC. USC coming back home after the uh, the first loss where Notre Dame slowed slowed them down, but. I kind of like the points with, with Utah. I think they have a very similar defense to, to Notre Dame, maybe not quite the exact level. Chris, if you have any Havoc notes, or Sammy, if you got some stuff rates, let me know. Uh, but Utah D, I think, can slow down Caleb Williams. They beat him twice last year and kind of in a similar position this year too. So I wouldn't be surprised if they keep it close and maybe even keep it under because I, I think that's a big number as well. I, going against what I said at the start of the year, maybe not every USC game we need to bet the over. Maybe this is a, an underspot. Absolutely. Yeah, Utah from a defensive stuff rate, they're right there with Georgia, Tennessee, Michigan um, in terms of on the defensive side of the ball. Um, 
I think that ultimately just matters if I think that that game I'd be interested to see how Caleb Williams bounce, bounces back. It was honestly kind of an embarrassing showing last week for him. And it really just leans on him from that offensive perspective. I, they're not going to run the ball too well against Utah. So if he can throw it over, throw it over the line, I think they could win, but it's definitely an interesting game. All right. And two thoughts, Mike, Mike to your point. Notre Dame is 31st in Havoc. Utah, Thank you. four. Let's go. Yep. And yeah, big time. It, uh, I mean, Christian Veo, maybe that's why he transferred. He's like, it's Veo. <laughs> we were all like, Valoo, Valoo, like, Valoo. Yeah, sure, Valoo, whatever. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, he did all find right. it his, his mop up duty for us a couple of years ago. So he's, uh, I, I, I like him. I still, mm-hmm. I still cheer him on. Yeah. I don't love his uniform nowadays, but for his head coach, but. I'm taking the points. Do you guys want to hear a fun stat? Uh, Maybe not even a fun stat, but interesting, but it kind of makes sense. So looking at offensive explosiveness also uh, ultimately aggregates open field yards, second level yards. um, And I was reading an article a couple weeks ago that according to um, James Franklin, they Penn State um, looks at success, quote unquote, in a game if they have, I think, like six explosive games, uh, explosive plays per game. So basically six plays over 20 yards that has some sort of statistical significance to a win. Um, Looking at offensive explosiveness, bottom five in the nation, Akron, Ohio, Wisconsin, Eastern Michigan, and Penn State. Penn State is the lowest offensive explosiveness team in the country through six games. So Eesh. that that is the something lowest? we the lowest. Um, so that is by far something that people who are fading Penn State are are leaning on. But then some people like us who think we're better than that, uh, I think that needs to be much much better. So uh, it's been way too boring of an offense, at least from an explosiveness True. perspective. Um, so. Something to keep in mind. I think maybe if we get some big plays, that'll that'll turn the tide. So we'll see. We need a receiver to get open, I'll, you know. And that was the we- that was our weakest part going into the season. No one's really proven themselves a receiver, and Aller has been a little passive. Um, if more reason not to get down to Ohio State, you know, we have to we have to control the game. Yeah, and and honestly, from an Aller perspective. We talked about it last week or maybe a couple weeks ago. He hasn't – I don't think he still has thrown an interception. Um, and that's really all you can ask for from a first-year quarterback. But to beat these top five teams, you're going to have to be spectacular, not just safe. Um, so we'll see how that goes and uh, excited to see it. But on the other side of the spectrum, offensive explosiveness, there's teams like South um, Southern Cal, Florida State, UCF, all the normal high-scoring uh, offenses, but the number one team in the country is Georgia Tech, so they are explosive. What? They are no explosive way. in Atlanta down there. They, wow. No, hold on. They were probably middle of the road, like 50-ish, until the end of that Miami game, where they just let them score <laughs> they from literally wherever dropped on the field. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but no, to the Penn State point, I, I do agree it is, you know, kind of leaves you wanting more. I think the biggest issue, I don't, I don't blame Aller at all, like, he doesn't really put up huge numbers, but he's getting the ball from, like, his own 50 and handing off half the time and throwing the ball. He has good touchdown numbers. Obviously, the no picks is great. Um, I think the biggest thing is, like, we kind of talked about addressing the game at the start, but getting 
Singleton and Allen, you know, some space to mm-hmm. run because that's the biggest thing we're missing out is some of those, you know, huge holes that you remember. Even in the Rose Bowl game, I think uh, Nick Singleton had like a 90-yard touchdown run. So if we get one of those against Ohio State, it's a, a huge different story. Um, but that is what we're missing so far. So yeah, we shall see. And it's honestly, it's worked. I mean, we've we're six and zero against the spread. Like we're we're playing very well. In the inverse of explosiveness, there's um, points per opportunity. So pretty much efficiency and um, and health of an offense. We are number one in points per opportunity, five and a half points per opportunity. So ultimately, five and a half points per drive um, across the board. The number three team is Air Force that we talked about, and number four is Oregon. So free uh, efficiency from the offensive side, we are looking good. Hopefully that stays true against a, a, a top five opponent. So just a couple yeah. little nuggets of information there. But Call us. Uh, uh, I like that stat, chart, that stat chart a lot more. So keep that one open and close out the other one. The other one is scary. <laughs> yeah, something's happening in Akron over there. They're bottom three in both efficiency and explosiveness. They're just laying down over there. They're making time. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like nothing's happening in Akron. <laughs> um, I will say just quickly to how you started that whole thing with the uh, statistical uh, explosions. Um, you said that what was it James Franklin came out and said if you have a game where you score mm-hmm. six explosive plays, aka six twenty-yard plays, uh, yeah, if you get one hundred and twenty yards in six <laughs> plays, James, obviously you got a good game. <laughs> I don't think you need to statistically define that or, or run your program that way. Uh, but hey, if we pull off six or seven plays on Saturday, we're uh, we're, we're flying high, boys. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Call us a call us a bass fishing video game efficient. <laughs> and that's the end of the pod, probably forever. So. <laughs> oh. I. Oh boy, moving I, on. I, Save I, us, Sammy. I got nothing. I had two more games for my side. Um, a couple weeks ago, I did the uh, fading trends perspective when we talked about the Navy-North Texas game where North Texas is just flying over, but then they meet a naval uh, military academy and it just goes way under. Same philosophy this week. I think LSU is they're, – they're, tra- they're playing Army this weekend. Total is 57 and a half. I think that this game goes under. They are 7-0 and on the over this year by a mile. I think Army can try and slow them down just like Navy did to North Texas. They're still going to get blown out by 30 or whatever it is, but um, I like the under 57. And then we talked about Colorado State earlier in the episode. Another undefeated team, according to the spread, is UNLV. UNLV is 6-0 and wow. against the spread. I think they are – well, I mean, they're 5-1 and one overall, just uh, money line in general. So they're, they're off to a very – honestly overachieving start to the season. I know a lot of people thought they'd be max three or four wins. Um, So they are hosting Colorado state. This line started at three plus three for Colorado state. And it's up to plus eight for Colorado state after them coming off a huge upset win against Boise, giving them more than a touchdown against what in my mind is an overachieving team. I like that pick a lot. Uh, Just give us plus eight there. I like that move a lot. Thank you for alerting us to those lines. Um, yeah, I, oh, that's almost that's kind of like the Pitt Louisville game last week, where the lines almost suspiciously weird. I thought you were going to say Colorado State's getting or uh, given the points, and they were the favorite. Sure, uh, that's what I was thinking. So yeah, I'm I'm a little alarmed by that, but I, I think I I'll still uh, I'll still Just follow throw in the money line. 
And yeah, obviously you can't uh, back to LSU Army. You can't disrespect the troops at any given start point in the game, Absolutely. no matter where you are. So even if you win by thirty-five, nothing, you know, get in, get out, get your job done. See you later. Absolutely. So before we wrap things up, um, still was a relatively long podcast over three games, so it had a lot of fun here. But over here, uh, before we wrap things up, Pod. Well, nobody's we'll- nobody's listening anymore after Chris's heat fishing, though. So. <laughs> That's true. They they hang up. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the Louisville Bonda. fan is back in. Oh boy. Louisville. Louisville. <laughs> um, yeah, Pod Pod. We agreed on over 46 for Penn State, Ohio State. Um, somewhat agreed that plus eight and a half it might be too much for Tennessee. And then we're all on the Clemson side. What do we want to do here? I would like to for my own pick um if you guys like follow this feel free but i'm gonna go with cleansing bama money line parlay i think that should be pretty decent plus money i would say at the end of the day and I then like yeah that. i think we're, we're definitely riding on penn state just outright um over not sorry not at penn state outright but definitely single bet over the 46 or 47 and a half yep agreed i like it i'm gonna look what that um that parlay is right now let me see I'm just going to go out on a limb and guess something like plus 185. Chris, what's your guess? Plus 225. Let's see it. Uh, minus 100. So even yeah. money. <laughs> Wait, right. what? Even, hey, that's, for, that's also plus 100. So we will take that. <laughs> plus 100 uh, for Clemson, Alabama money line. Oh. That is probably also oh, a popular oh, bet, oh. so I, I wouldn't we be were, surprised. I thought we were throwing Penn State in there as well. Ah. Oh, no. Yes. Gotcha. Uh, no, I'd say we leave the pod pod just to straight up our squad, score some points. Let's have a day. I like it. Sounds good. I do like that plus 100. Put, All right. Put, put it in. Do- minus 100, plus 100. <laughs> put a dollar in, get a dollar out. Yeah. Oh, you almost had it. <laughs> you got to be quicker than that. I love All it. All right. Well... Everybody have a, a good rest of the week and enjoy week eight. Um, here is here goes for a Penn State win. We are, and um, we'll uh, we'll see how it goes after Saturday. And send in more uh, viewer and listener questions too that we can answer when we yeah. are hopefully not, but possibly licking our wounds after Saturday. Absolutely. Good week, boys. Later, boys. <laughs>